This is the Dear Corner Office Podcast, where workplace leaders learn why Black, Latinx, and Indigenous women lead and how to get them back. I'm your host, Michelle Hayward. Welcome, everybody, to the Dear Corner Office Show. I'm Michelle Hayward, and today we have a very, very special guest with us. We have Donna Hicks Mitchell. Hi, Donna. Welcome to the show. Hi, Michelle. Thank you so much for having me. I have been so excited to have you join us, but I first want to say thank you so much for getting all dressed up and glammed up for our <laughs> audio recording. Still underdressed. Oh, well, you know, it's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> so just to get us started, tell tell the audience where did you grow up because because now you you know you know we always like to know a little bit about our guests and and understand where they come from so tell us a little bit about where did you grow up absolutely so I grew up in Queens New York so New York City is my hometown that's where we put our stamp um born and raised and I grew up with um quite a collection of celebrities. And so when I was in um, St. Pascal's prep school, um, my classmates were Joey Simmons. And so I grew up with Run DMC when we were little guys running around in the yard and um, they were just like my besties. And um, we still, um, you know, stay in contact today from time to time when I see them. And so it's pretty cool when you have um, folks that you grew up with that have made it all the way to the celebrity limelight and they stay real all the way through. So grew up in Queens, New York, and it was a time when we still had block parties and you can leave your door open and people celebrated and lived as a community and so it was really really a great childhood that I had we had 32 girls that lived on my block alone um, and we stayed together and vacation even till today so I had a wonderful time growing up in New York you know now I'm over here all jealous like wait she does run DMC. Like I need, maybe I should have. <laughs> yes, it was great. It was really, really great. And I used to also flow. So I used to rap as well. Good times. Oh, see, see he just told me, see, you have to come back and we're going to have to do a different type of show. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. But you know what? It's really interesting. Um, the vocal skills, right? And the vocal acumen that we acquired by doing block parties and rapping over tracks has served me well to be um, an award-winning orator. And so those skills have really served me well. And I do public speaking now and it's just great. And I, I realized that those roots started in New York City. Absolutely fantastic. Um, interesting to learn. So thank you for sharing all of that. But so now you, you grew up in Queens, you know, run DMC. How did you end up in diversity and inclusion? Absolutely. So I started my career on Wall Street living in New York City. So after I graduated college, um, I went to Wall Street and I worked on the derivative trading desk. And um, my financial acumen got started there. And I realized that there weren't a lot of um, folks that looked like me on the trading floor. 
As my career progressed, I started to go into boardroom tables and boardroom meetings. And again, I looked around and I didn't see a lot of people that looked like me. I didn't see a lot of women and I didn't see a lot of people of color. And so that sparked in me a passion to start to create space for others. And so I started to mentor. I started doing um, networking sessions um, across my organization, as well as connecting with others in different organizations. And that's what really sparked my interest to make sure that my experiences were inclusive and that I took others along with me on the journey of you know, corporate success. What did that look like? Well, it really depended on some um, addressing some of the gaps that existed. And what I found, Michelle, is that a lot of people don't know the rules of engagement for corporate environments. It's the unwritten rules, really. And so I recognize that I can add value to diverse communities by teaching them the rules of the role, the rules of engagement for corporate cultures. And that's what I did. Wow, that is quite interesting. So from the trading floor on Wall Street to diversity and inclusion, that's a huge jump. That is a huge move, right? Yes. yes. And needing to, needing to see that change can, can definitely, definitely change the direction of one's career, but find a new, a new fire. I love that. I absolutely love that. As we sit here in the pandemic and social justice change, not only in the U.S., but worldwide, what have you seen or what has been the most difficult for organizations and employees to adjust to the most? Because it's so much change going on right now. Absolutely. Um, So very interesting. Um, I think learning how to have empathetic and sensitive conversations Because if you think about our corporate environment, usually it's pretty buttoned up, right? You don't ask about certain things. You don't ask about people's personal life too much, although that has changed some. You don't talk about religion. You don't talk about politics and all of those things. But um, it's changed so much now. Now we need to, because we're in a virtual environment, we need to connect on a whole different level. And leaders need to show up as empathetic leaders, right? And sensitive leaders, because there is a lot going on in people's lives right now. And if I am to lead you, I need to be trusted by you. And I need to let you know that I can be trusted. And how do I do that? I display empathy and sensitive. I have a high emotional intelligent quotient right? I've worked on that. So I can tell that if something's going on with one of my employees, then I need to tap in and, um, you know, kind of at least give them the forum to express themselves. They may want to, but they might not know how. So me being highly skilled in that area allows me to set the format um, for those meaningful conversations, right? Those sensitive conversations to take place. So that's one of the things that I've seen that kind of happened in the pandemic that um, leaders need to shift a bit as it relates to their their own skill set in order to make sure that their employees are healthy and thriving. Absolutely agree. It is highly important that that leaders make the changes. And as as we often say, or, or the saying goes, you, you can have a wartime leader and a peacetime leader. So it, it definitely, definitely uh, 
takes for leaderships to shift or leaders to change or shift a bit, especially in a time like this where most of us or none of us have ever experienced or lived through previously. So I absolutely agree. Yeah, I agree as well. And, and for our employees as well, for those who may not be in leadership yet, um, you know, to come to the table and allow trust to kind of happen, right? So do trust in your leaders. And if you don't have that trust in your leaders, have your trust in a mentor, an ally, an advocate, someone that you can talk to that can help you to navigate in these times in this space. Have you seen in the workplace more people step in and show up as allies and advocates? Oh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And we've reached across as well. I see the affinity networks are really taking leadership roles in bringing programming to the um, to the corporations and to their firms and institutions. Um, top of mind things that employees can bring into those affinity spaces. Um, and then they turn around and offer programming back um, to help employees to navigate in that space. So yeah, I have seen a huge shift as relates to um, each of us taking care of each other in new ways. Absolutely fantastic. So Donna, we're getting to my favorite part of the show. Uh-oh, what's that, Michelle? Rapid fire question, but don't worry about it. I'm great, I'm ready. You're ready, okay. She did study for the test, y'all, but it's a pop quiz. So we're going to see how she really does. But it's Queen. She's going to represent. I know. I know she is. Yes. What are the most impactful DNI KPIs you've seen in the industry? Absolutely. Um, gender representation, age representation, um, self identification is really, really important um, so that we can measure um, truly the components of our and of the representation within organizations. Those are the top three that I can think of immediately. All right. Next question. Industry-wide, what has been DNI team's biggest challenge? Absolutely. Um, as of late, adjusting to a virtual environment and making sure that we maintain, um, you know, the team's morale, because we're used to going into the office and we're having, you know, opportunities to come together, whether it be potlucks or just have our team huddles every morning. And now we don't have that. So we had to recreate and adjust new ways of connecting. Um, and so the virtual environment has kind of forced us into this space. But I think for the most part, we've now all adjusted to Zoom or Microsoft Office or, or you know, whatever platform everyone's using now. But I think that communicating and maintaining um, the connections it has been a huge challenge. Absolutely. What's your all-time DNI book on workplace culture? Ah, I like a lot of books in this area, but one that I found very helpful is Blind Spots. And this particular book really peels apart and takes a look at the inner layers of hidden biases, why they exist, how they exist, and then it also provides um, a gateway to overcome um, hidden biases that we might not have known existed. 
So I think Blind Spot is a really great book. I have to agree. <laughs> All right. What name a, rec- a recent book on DNI you've loved? I really loved Blind Spot. That w- that's the one that comes to mind for me, Michelle. <laughs> okay. Okay. What DNI or HR podcast delivers the most value to you? See, she didn't get it. She didn't study for the test because she didn't have the <laughs> Yeah. So it's really hard to say which one is my favorite, but you know, there is one that is out of um, the UK and it's called Inclusion Works. And it really, um, it's great because it explores um, many of the secrets of building an inclusive culture at work as well as in the community. So I enjoy that. And they offer the opportunity for different leaders globally and activists to um, participate in it. And I find it quite interesting. So it's called Inclusion Works. I'll have to check that one out. I actually don't know that one. So good one. <laughs> yeah, it's out of the UK. <laughs> okay, who is the DNI influencer you're most influenced by? Oh my goodness, that's easy. I, you know, I adore this lady, Tara J. Franks. Tara J. Franks. She is a phenomenal influencer. She's an executive um, DEI expert, and um, she has just made a powerful impact in the space. Great. Where do you hear? Where do you hear that influence the most on, like LinkedIn, books, podcasts, YouTube? Where can people find her? Oh, on LinkedIn, definitely. Um, she has quite a presence there. And one of the things that is, is just so powerful about Tara is that she actually not only challenges the status quo, but she does it with such authenticity. Um, she keeps it real and she forces us to really look at the inner workings of diversity, equity, and inclusion and to challenge ourselves to think differently and not just check the box what actions, right? So she puts the pressure on to what actions are we committed to as organizations and firms in order to improve, um, you know, things that are happening in the space and social injustices to have the open dialogue about it and then commit to change. LinkedIn. Definitely checking her out. What's the most underrated DNI training, but effective? The most underrated DEI training, in my view, is um, I would say the opportunity to really understand what our exit interviews are telling us. So, um, oftentimes, attrition may be high for underrepresented demographics. And the exit interviews, a, an accurate exit interview can give so much insight to the organization in terms of what they could have done differently to retain that talent. So for me, training on exit interviews is a vital strategy that can yield powerful, powerful results in ROI, return on investment. Love it. If you could ask one question to one of 100 of your peers in corporate or C-suite leadership, what question would you ask them? Absolutely. I would ask them if they have a personal DEI goal 
not just the goal of the organization to which we have aligned ourselves, the organizations that we serve, but what about your personal commitment to DE&I, diversity, equity, and inclusion? I think by um, challenging ourselves to have a personal goal as well, that would help us to definitely not only align with our organization, but even to go further in our own personal commitments to see change. I absolutely love that. I, I can't tell you how often we try to take somebody else's, but what is yours truly? That's right. Make it personal. Make it personal. And I, I believe that would, would drive us to, um, you know, outperform or um, to meet the goals um, even more efficiently. Okay. And last question, what kind of data would you like to access as a DNI leader? The type of data that I would want to access that I may not have access to now is probably the view of our incoming um, college and graduate school um, idealist who want to join a firm. And so I would like to know what it is that they desire in the culture of the organizations that they would like to work at. I think that would give us some great insight because Generation Z is coming in and you know the millennials have their view, but we the hybrid generation is following and we need to know in advance what the future state of work should look like. And I think that they can tell us. So if we're able to meet those needs in advance and create those cultures to which they would wanna work, I think that it would be a win-win. So that's the information I would want in advance. Wow, Donna, that is absolutely outstanding. I think the, the future of work is, is of course, uh, ever-changing, but it's really important to focus on the next generation that's coming in. Absolutely agree. This has been fantastic. Oh, my God. <laughs> It's been my pleasure, Michelle. You're someone that I look up to and I definitely just honor you right now. And thank you so much for doing this great work. You're I, very welcome. Yes. It's thanks, been my pleasure. Thanks for joining. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. Everybody, be sure you're following uh, Donna, where can they connect with you? Absolutely, Michelle. Thank you so much. So I can be contacted on Instagram at The Corporate Diva via LinkedIn, Donna Hicks Mitchell, and on Clubhouse, Donna Michelle. Also, if your organization is looking for a wonderful speaker, if I may say so, um, that has a plethora of knowledge in executive gravitas or executive presence or diversity, equity, and inclusion, as well as the rules of engagement, navigating a corporate culture. Please feel free to reach out to me on any of those channels. Thank you so much, Michelle, for the opportunity. You're very welcome. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to my podcast. It helps me grow. Visit positivehire.co. That's positivehire.co.